Welcome back to another episode of the Carlson Cards Podcast, where my name is Austin, I will be your host, and today we have a phenomenal episode with a very, very, very knowledgeable collector. One thing I love about this podcast is learning about sports and cards and players that I really don't know a ton about, and this episode definitely hit that metric. James takes us through kind of the history of soccer cards, pretty much everything from vintage to modern, whether that's stickers, gold refractors, and everything in between. This episode is a ton of fun. I hope you enjoy. Again, even if soccer is not maybe your main sport or interest, I think you'll really enjoy this episode and hopefully learn a ton. Let's kick it over to the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Crossing Cards podcast. We have on today a person I met at the National but have been a longtime Instagram fan of who goes by, his name's James. Uh, he goes by at Mad City Collector. Um, ironically, a Wisconsin collector. Again, I mean, really, we have so many diverse collectors here in the state, but like we were just chatting about, you're obviously not from Wisconsin, um, you know, grew up. Very different place, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but I'm pumped because this is the first time we've talked about really in-depth soccer on here. And specifically, you know, you have a lot of really cool interests and set collecting journey here that I think will be awesome to have on the podcast. So uh, first of all, just thanks for hopping on, James. I appreciate it. And how, how are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, I'm, I'm doing great. I just love any opportunity to talk cards and this should be fun. Yeah, it's perfect. And we were just chatting too. It's like, uh, so you obviously you mentioned you work as a radiologist. So you kind of have the flexible schedule. I got the work from home. We can chat about cards over lunch hour. It's like, this is the dream life. Like I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, no, I, you know, part of, partially why I got back into it is just, this is a perfect escape from like just the the, uh, the rat race that uh, my, my work is. Great to take a little respite from the real world. <laughs> Certainly. Um, so James, I'm wondering if we could kind of start, because obviously, again, you and I have been um, friends here, obviously, just for not a super long time. So I actually don't know a ton about you um, besides our you know, conversations that we've had. I'd love you could touch on maybe a little bit of your personal background, collector history. And I know you supplied a couple um, pictures that might tie to this journey. So I'll share them here. But yeah, I'd love to hear more about you here. Great. Yeah. So as we were chatting about, I, I've lived in Madison for the last seven years, but um, I grew up and spent most of my early life in um, in North Carolina, like literally right between Durham and Chapel Hill. And um, a lot of um, my collecting is tied to, I guess, my fandom and, um, uh, and you know, clearly Duke and UNC are, are uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, in Durham and Chapel Hill respectively. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, growing up, my dad was a huge sports fan, but it was ironically, it was my mom who was probably more enabled my collecting and, um, in terms of like growing up playing sports, I played essentially everything. I started playing soccer when I was about three, started playing uh, baseball and basketball when I was six or seven. And I, you know, continued those like into high school um, and things like that. But, um, you know, I guess growing up around the time I was six or seven, like prime, like junk wax era, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know how I became fans of, um, uh, players but like my two biggest pcs when i was uh starting around six or seven were uh as you can see on the screen here roger clemens and uh, john elway and no ties to my area whatsoever i think i just maybe saw them on tv one time i was like oh those guys are look like fun to collect um and then you know growing up like you know these specifically like these were kind of my grail cards of you know your seven eight nine year old uh you know <laughs> james here um, and so like I, Roger Clemens was, you know, just like Cy Young, you know, just unbelievable Red Sox, like, you know, during that era. Um, and, um, John Elway was, you know, going to Super Bowls. He hadn't won any at that point yet, but, uh, um, and I, I, my one memory of like the John Elway card, it was like my ninth birthday was, uh, on one of the 
days of like, I think they the uh, Broncos were playing the Browns in the playoffs and he'd let them on one of his like trademark fourth quarter comebacks. And my mom, and I got that as like a gift at my birthday party that year. So it was like, it was like, just like a, you know, unbelievable, like, you know, kid fandom experience. But, um, but yeah, just, I mean, time back, like I, I, as, as I, we were chatting a little bit earlier about this, but like my like early collecting years just corresponded exactly with the uh, like junk wax era and just like the fervor and um, you know, for collecting the kids had and fandom and whatnot. And, um, you know, we live kind of in the country. We didn't have any cable TV. So a lot of times cards were my only connection to these sports and like the statistics, the history of these guys, there was no like basketball reference or, you know, baseball reference and things like that. So looking at the statistics on the back of the cards was like, Oh, this guy had off like you know, 40 home runs last year and stuff like that. So like a lot of the stuff like that was only available on cards to me and stuff like that. So that was like a fun part of collecting for me, but, um, but yeah, and the other thing we were talking about too, it's like a lot of the conversations we have now about like, Oh, you know, people just flipping, trying to make money in cards. Um, you know, looking back at some old videos that have been surfacing on YouTube, it's like, that's how people were back then too. Like people are trying to make money and, you know, dealers and flippers, all, all those people existed. So it was a, it was kind of a fun era back then. Um, but, uh, but yeah, then, so, you know, I, I collected pretty, you know, pretty continuously from around 1988 to probably 94, 95 era. Um, and I, I guess, funnily enough, I, you know, like I, like I alluded to earlier, being in the Durham Chapel area, you know, basketball is king in that area. And, um, and I was, I mentioned to you, my dad has been a season ticket holder for UNC basketball since the late 60s, you know, corresponding to the beginning of the Dean Smith era. And he's, you know, essentially followed his whole career. But, uh, you know, my dad made the mistake or, or whatever you say, sent me to a, a private school on Duke's campus. And all my friends were Duke fans. And much to his chagrin, I became a, a Duke fan around the age of seven or eight. <laughs> and, uh, luckily for him, I have three younger brothers who all became UNC fans. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, I was the only I was just like the black sheep, I guess. But um, but anyway, so I, I became, you know, I don't know if, if, if you remember Duke's basketball history that that also corresponded to the rise of coach K, which, you know, who I love obviously, but every other non Duke fan hates, especially Wisconsin fans. Uh, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, so the, you know, the era of like when they won the titles in 91, 92, like my dad took me to the final four in 91. And so I was huge fans of Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, uh, all of those just like iconic, like Duke players during that era. And um, I remember uh, I really, I was looking forward to collecting Bobby Hurley when he went to the NBA, but he unfortunately had like a horrible car accident, like in his first year and like derailed his career. But I, I remember 94, just heavily collecting um, Grant Hill um, in his rookie cards. And I just, my parents, like a few, maybe about a year ago, brought me all my cards from childhood. And I had like 50, literally 50 different like Grant Hill cards, but um but yeah, just and it just made me realize as an aside is like that's when I, I feel like the junk wax era really just hits you. Like it used to be that a player had one rookie card, really easy to collect. It was obvious what that rookie card was. But then once things got diluted, that's when things that they kind of uh, went off the rails there for a while. But um, and that's why these two cards are like I think are great. Like for me, these like the tops rookie card was the rookie card that was it. And that was kind of like, you know, the environment that I was in growing up, um, which I had to kind of, uh, when I came back, it was, um, you know, really acclimate to, but, but yeah, but anyway, fast forward, you know, 94, 95, I got, you know, distracted by all the things that people get distracted about, like from that point. And um, around that same time is when I, I guess, 
the, the World Cup came to the U.S. in 1994. And so that was like the first time when I just all the great international players were just in my face. So I was like, oh, my God, these guys I've been playing since I was three. But this is the first time I really saw all the great international guys like, you know, in a way that was like really in my face. And then around that time, I think they started playing European, you know, soccer leagues in the um, on, um, on on TV. And so I started to be able to watch the um, the Champions League, which is essentially just like the playoffs for all the best teams in Europe. Um, and then um, late 90s, I became a fan of uh, Manchester United. Just they're kind of like the Yankees of <laughs> the English Premier League. And uh, I just wanted the team that I could follow that I knew was going to be good and not um, a lot of people choose teams in, in European uh, soccer they have no chance of winning so that that was I, that was kind of my choice I was like do I want to be suffer as like a fan of the team who never wins or and so I chose like the Yankees of that <laughs> that was uh that was my dilemma I went so okay now my sidebar story I yeah. studied abroad in, abroad in Denmark for five or six months in college and lived there and I was on a pub crawl in um in Latvia with a buddy and then you know some people we went with and met this these British guys, they're on a, what they call like a stag party, like a bachelor party. Yeah. And I remember talking to them. They were super friendly. We we're talking, you know, drinking, just hanging out all night, getting to know each other. And I told, you know, I asked them about American football and that sort of thing. And then they started getting on me about soccer. Like, why are you not a fan of soccer? You know, all this. And then I said, you know, I'm okay. I'm a Packers fan. Like, what does that translate to, you know, uh, English premier league? Like what team should I be a fan of? Like I said, like older, you know, older history, small town vibes. And they, they gave me Burnley and that's who I've been a fan of for like four years. So I, you know, they went down to tier two, they came back to tier one. Now JJ Watson investor, like weird connection there. Um, but the reason I say this is I can relate. This team has been completely horrible since I've watched them, but it's still it's still fun and entertaining. Yeah, no, I, it, I think most people, they when they typically have, if they have a team like that, then there's like one of the big teams that they, you know, kind of, you know, more uh, casually latch onto or, or if you're a Burnley fan, then you go to, you know, go to Spain and you become like a Barcelona fan or something. So you can kind of mix and match if you, uh, if you want to, but, um, but yeah. And then, you know, during that era, I was, you know, became a huge fan and they started playing all the games and I kind of culminated and I, my younger, my youngest brother and I took a trip to England and saw like a champions league match with Manchester United in 2007. So it's just like prime, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Rooney, you know, Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs, that whole era, this was just like golden age of United. And Beckham, yeah, it's kind Beckham's of Beckham's in MLS at that point, David Beckham, right? Yeah. He, he came, I think in the, yeah, I think late 2000s he is when he came. And so okay. I think, some, you know, like all those things, time. yeah, I don't know how many fans actually kind of, you know, shift toward paying attention to soccer more and things like that happen. Messi, everyone's paying attention while he's playing, but you know, it'll, interesting what the sticking power of, of things like that are, um, you know, it's like everyone you know, has their opinions about, Oh, you know, soccer's this and that. I, I just love watching it. I, I, in some ways I could care less whether more Americans are fans of it. I, I, I like I like it in the Instagram context because I have more people to talk to about it and more people to kind of collect with and things like that. But I've kind of at peace with, you know, it let it organically happen. I don't think we need to shove it down anybody's throat type of thing. But um, but yeah, you know, it's and as far as my life after 2007, I was like it's a black hole of medical school and residency and family and everything like that. So uh, um, fast forward, you know, pandemic. I you know I think it was from the, Bill Simmons. I think was the person who like brought to my attention. Oh, people are interested in collecting cards again. I was like, I have no, I had no idea. And so that's when I kind of dive, I dive back in same reasons as everybody else, like nostalgia and everything. But, um, 
but it was hard for me to decide what I wanted to collect. Cause you know, it's like the lineage that I always collected was baseball, you know, football and even basketball. And you know, I'm probably more of a basketball fan than I am a baseball or football fan. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then kind of like tying in, it's like, I came from the era where like your rookie card was your tops rookie card. And so when I came back in, everyone was excited about PSA 10 base cards. So all that kind of made sense to me. It's like, Oh yeah. Base cards, you know, like that was like, that's, that's what I collected growing up. And I, you know, collected those and I, you know, didn't even understand what a parallel was. And, and, um, and so I just, you know, bought tons of base cards that I just, I'm like, why after a while I was like, this is, this is silliness. <laughs> like it's just so many of these. And, um, and I realized it wasn't what it was like when I was, um, you know, when I was collecting. And so like, um, I, th I think, so I started end of 2020, early 2021 is I think when I started doing it and probably three or four months after that, you know, when PSA shut down and like, you know, it, everything kind of just kind of was a, um, you know, just kind of, a, just kind of a weird spot and everything price, you know, markets cratering. And, you know, it's like, you realize that these cards you thought had value don't have value really. And starting to understand that and things like that. Um, I think it was that summer. Um, I kind of realized I was like, I want, you know, this was kind of just a shift in my mindset. I want something that I can look at in like five, 10 years from now. My, none, none of my, none of my outlook was like, you know, the one, two years, you know, three months, you know, some people have like these short outlooks, like season to season. Like I didn't want to collect that way. I didn't, I, di I didn't want to collect prospects really because like I had no like tie to them. And I knew five, 10 years from now, there's a good chance I'm not going to have like a, you know, affinity toward a lot of these guys so i was like what you know the, the core question i asked was five to ten years from now what am i going to look at this card and be like oh this is this is still a cool card so i kind of just changed my whole mindset um in terms of like you know what i was looking for um it's funny how if i could throw a point in here and i'll, I'll yeah. jump to your next slide i think it's kind of ties into some of this conversation um it's funny how we all kind of went through maybe similar for those of us who were kind of new when this all was happening because i was similar we got sucked into all the basically junk complete junk that's not going to sustain there's nobody who's buying all of these cards that we were buying at the end of the day nobody's collecting them right and right. then your mindset shifts like you said it's so interesting how for you it was a different sport but it's super similar where i was like what actually has inherent scarcity rarity is not it's a card where somebody sees it they're like whoa where did you get that or how do you find like that's the yeah. kind of stuff i want to collect it sounds like you kind of went in that same journey yeah. after you kind of figure that out yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, I need to find stuff that I'm not seeing on Instagram that nobody's talking about that I know people are out there collecting. And I kind of got kind of glimpses of it. Um, and, you know, it's like when I was kind of deciding what route to go, I was like, I was thinking, you know, having moved to Milwaukee the same time Giannis is like ascended, I was like, oh, you know, Giannis would be a cool guy to collect. And then I started looking at his prices and I was like, I was like, oh, no, that's not it. Like, that's, that's like all the cards I would want of his were just in a stratosphere that I wasn't worth going to. Um, in terms of buying, um, I thought about looking back and going back to like, you know, Roger Clemens or John Elway. Um, and if I was going to do football, it would, probably would be John Elway, but I was like, you know, the, those are well-trodden paths. And I like, I kind of want to go down a path that's like kind of unique. That's not as fleshed out. It's like, you know, everyone's talking about Michael Jordan collecting, but I was like that, that collecting thing is so fleshed out. Like you're chasing cards that, I mean, it's fun. Everyone love people love collecting, but I was like, I, you know, this has already been like fleshed out. And someone's done it way better than I can ever do it. So like, like, what am I, like, there's not, there wasn't a newness or like a excitement to it for me for like, say going back to Michael Jordan. Cause like I had a bunch, I had tons of Michael Jordan cards from the early nineties. I, 
um, you know, his connection to UNC was like, you know, I, you know, I, I, my dad loves telling the story. He took me to see him when I was a toddler and in, in like Carmichael auditorium and stuff like that. So I was like, ah, do I do, you know, I, I you know, cross Jordan off the list, you know? And, um, and then, you know, then I was like, you know, I was like, and then all of a sudden I was like, wow, there people click soccer. I was like, what is this? And, and it's you know, partially why I, um, you know, this, he gets a lot of flack, but uh, Gary V was, he actually, my brother has like a podcast, some financial podcast, and he was talking with Gary V and somehow the topic of, you know, I went to one of his videos and he talked about soccer stickers. I was like, I was like stickers. Like what, like, what is this? Like, and then I, and I started, then I went down like the rabbit hole of stickers. And so um, it's definitely not well known in the United States, but sticker collecting, um, you know, the way people collected in Europe, they've been collecting same amount of time as we have, but what they collected is these stickers that they actually glued into albums. So as opposed to putting them in like, you know, the plastic sheets and binders, they actually glued them to albums and they've been doing this for as long as we've been collecting. Um, and so I was like, oh, that, I was like, this is really interesting. This has a lot of history. It gives me a chance to kind of explore like history of soccer that I'd, I've never really gone before. And, um, and I remember I went to national in 2021 and I was like, I want to find a Pele card, you know, a cool old Pele card that looks cool. Um, and I, and I went and I found, I think it was like a night, it was kind of a random 1962 Pele card that looked really cool. Um, you know, it's, it is a still cool looking card, but it's like, I kind of, it's not even one in, in the upper echelon of cards, but, or stickers, but, um, and the interesting thing about stickers too, is that most of these stickers are because they were meant to be glued have been damaged. And so they're at, at their highest, they're occasionally they're PSA two, but usually they're PSA one or 1.5. And so the, if you find these stickers un, unstuck to albums, like you have that inherent condition rarity. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like um, that dynamic of, of collecting these. And so, you know, and I'm not like, it's not necessarily an original thought, but like the things that kind of become rare later in time that were kind of mass produced are the things that had no value when they came out and people kind of just didn't take care of them. They got lost, lost to the, uh, the hobby gods, as I like to say. Um, but, um, and so that, so that was like, I was like, let me get into these stickers. And so, um, and so, so yeah, so the pictures we're seeing here, th these are kind of, um, a shout out to kind of the lineage of stickers. And so everybody knows Panini for the modern era, but Panini has been making stickers, um, that have been popular since, uh, like 19, uh, like 62, uh, wow. yeah, 1962. And, um, they've been making them in Italy. Um, and so my, the earliest sticker that I have is actually in 1963, which is the uh, Eusebio here. And I, I just, Eusebio was like a legend, Portuguese legend, you know, arguably one of, you know, other than Pele, probably one of the top five people of that era. Um, and, that, and I just, I love this sticker, just the color, just the design and color. It's got a nice, you know, nice white border and the blue red, just like all, all the colors, everything, everything about the sticker, nice portrait. Um, um, and so like, I just like, I kind of fell in love with kind of the design of like all these like, you know, early Panini era stickers and just, I mean, to give you kind of a short history, Panini made stickers throughout the sixties. I mean, there's a bunch of Pele stickers throughout the sixties and as well as, you know, a lot of other players, but, um, the set that really kind of changed Panini's fortunes and history, uh, was this 1970 Panini world cup, uh, sticker set. And this was the first time they'd released a sticker set just to the broader, <clears throat> to the broader world. So there's sometimes the thing that distinguishes these stickers is they have different 
um, kind of wording on the back. And this version has the Italian back, but, um, the, and the fun chase about this set is that there are actually um, four different backs that were made. So you can chase a player in all four backs. And so there's an Italian version. There's a multi-language version that was sent all over Europe. There was a uh, Bis Valida, which was a, a sticker that you actually took and you would redeem it for merchandise. Um, and then there was like this, the most rare one, which I, I, I do have a copy of is called the Blue Red Back, which was, it was a sample uh, card that you had to cut out from one of the albums that you bought. And um, I think there's only been like five or six of those ever been graded by PSA. So it's, it's a pretty rare one to find, but. Um, one one yeah. quick question, James, yeah. that comes to mind here is like, um, you know, I've researched the stickers a bit too in the past and had fun with friends who are into soccer, kind of getting them into cards through this because yeah. they're into soccer. Um, and one thing that I was always, I guess I never really quite figured out for myself and just comparing it in my head now to football. It's like, um, how do you decide which you target? Like for some of these, like, like Pele, for example, I'd logically get that like an earliest set would be really iconic. Or like you said, a really popular because of a certain, like that's the world cup. It's the first world cup, whatever it's widely distributed. How do you decide like, or how does the general, maybe I'll put it this way. How does a general collector market infer and decide which are desirable and which are not? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. So, um, so for the, like the Eusebio, that's his first Panini card. So that's, he, he has some earlier issue stickers that are based out of Portugal from like 1662, <laughs> but like, as far as like, a, for, and it, some, some of it's taste. Some people like rare, obscure stickers and, and some people like, you know, maybe, and I think, that, I think there's an interplay. Like if it's a really rare, obscure, really nice looking sticker, I think that's really desirable. Um, and, uh, but, uh, as, as time went on, it was like more obvious, uh, you know, sometimes there's clearly a first sticker for someone. And so um, I think early in, I mean, I, people, and that's part of the, like the crazy collectors is there's a guy, Al Jurgela, El Rey collection, El Rey collection has a, he is the most, if you ever want to learn anything about vintage stickers, just watch his YouTube videos at a, a what is it? Uh, Epic cardboard, I think is it. But if you, I, he, he'll teach you. There's so much you, you would be able to learn about it. But uh, I guess long story short, Pele is an interesting one because he's got a lot of releases from the 1958 era, but he's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, his his Alifa Bolajet, which is the one everyone always sees, he's got the blue jersey on. It's kind of a small card. It came from a, a candy confectioner's out of Sweden. Um, that kind of became an, his iconic rookie card. And it's, it was kind of by default because it was just of all the 58 era ones. It was kind of the one that people thought kind of looked the best. Um, but, I, and, but to be honest that there's nothing specifically, and I'll, and I'll show a card later that I actually like better from that era. But, um, but that, but that one kind of became just, it was ar almost arbit arbitrary to me why it became the, the most iconic one, but he's got two 1957 stickers, which are actually his rookies. But the only problem with collecting those is there's maybe two or three of each of those that have ever been graded, period. Wow. And so if you ever find those, it's just like, it's, it's like, it's more rare than Honus Wagner kind of. And, um, and again, like the El Rey collection, Al Dragella, he's got one of both of those. And they're, I, they're cool. Those, those are like the grail of all great. I mean, when you say grail, those are grail grails. Like those are, um, so 
so so sometimes that like rookie sticker set can almost be too rare like it's always mm-hmm. like it's always it's like a it's like a one of one from a vintage card which is just like you know makes it so much cooler in, in my opinion but what's, what's cool about this too and you mentioned this at the beginning is like wanting to blaze your own trail in a zone that hasn't really been flushed yeah. out i think you said a few times that's yeah. what's cool to me about this and already hearing from um and learning from you here is like it's really interesting that there's not like set i'll call them rules in place like for jordan there's pretty clear rules of like established this are the best cards, but like these guys, it seems like as history unfolds and people learn more and find more out in the wild, I can just imagine this is like a very, very, very dynamic market for better or for worse. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the absolute nail on the head in terms of like why I find it like so fun. Um, But it, it, the only thing that's frustrating is though, is like when a, when a card or sticker comes to popular attention, the prices go nuts and you're like, Oh my God, everyone Mm -hmm. loves this. But then I, but then you've, the, the pattern has been once the price goes up, more people are like, holy cow, we got to find these. These are so valuable. And then more come to market and things gradually come down. So you have to be careful. And I, I made a couple of, you know, I paid kind of top prices for things that have since come down because they weren't as rare as you maybe thought they were because, you know, people, people go nuts trying to find these once they realize they're valuable. And so, um, but now that things have kind of settled out, it's much harder to find a lot of these things now than it was when prices were going crazy. So it, it's kind of, it's a really interesting dynamic. It, it is the wild West almost compared to like baseball. So fleshed out, even basketball has become really fleshed out. Um, and football, I feel like is a little, it, it's still kind of people are finding ways because like, I would agree just, with you. just Brady for a long time and Peyton Manning got forgotten for so long. And like, you know, for me, like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, it's like, you know, Tom Brady won more. But my my thing at the time, I was like, if they switch teams, I Peyton Manning would have six Super Bowl wins. Like, I, that's that's like my, my hot take, I guess you could say. But anyway, but anyway. I, I One comment on that that's interesting is what I always, and I didn't know this before I started collecting Peyton Manning, and I'm not saying everyone go collect Peyton Manning. But one thing that was really cool to me is as a kid watching, the reason I went for him and not Brady quite as hard was, I always thought Peyton was better and that was established that he was the better player and the hype was there for him and everything. Right. And then Brady went off and won all these like continually. But um, what I didn't realize is like prior to the main hobby blow up, apparently key cards. And again, I could be incorrect, but apparently key cards, a lot of time the Peyton would outsell the Brady. Like if you're talking like 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. And that's like crazy to me because it's kind of like you said, the football where, I mean, still I'm finding, you know, and you're collecting sets that people don't, I didn't know existed six months ago. Now I want every single card of it. And I feel like that's common for a lot of people. Whereas like you said, basketball, baseball, I think it's so fleshed out, but yeah, yeah. no, no. And and it's, yeah. And so that's, but but that's interesting. So I guess getting back to the stickers uh, as time goes on, it got easier and, you know, because stickers were being produced every year, you had like rookies for all, all the major players. Um, The Maradona here is a little interesting and I'll, and I'll kind of touch on, this is his first Panini sticker. Like it just is an amazing, again, amazing looking sticker. Um, there, there are quite a few of them. So it's, you know, the, you know, you know, but it's still relatively few. I mean, I think there's only, there's probably less than a thousand graded stuff like that, but um, uh, I don't know how many now have probably been graded, but it, you know, it's not super rare, but it's still, I mean, less than a thousand is pretty, pretty rare. Um, uh, but it's just an amazing looking sticker. So, you know, if you're kind of getting into Maradona collecting and Maradona was, I don't know how familiar you are with 
Maradona, but he it's was like I always know the names where they're from, yeah. but I don't necessarily know the accolades. That's my dilemma. Yeah. So he, yeah. So he was, uh, he was kind of. This is like 1979. So he kind of, you know, started, you know, becoming popular, like you know, really good in in Argentina in the late 70s, and then he came to Barcelona in the early 80s. Oh, okay. Um, he was kind of a wild character, and he kind of flamed out under the pressure of Barcelona and he ended up going to Napoli, which is, which is a club in Italy and had success there. But um, iconic is his 1986 world cup where he, um, uh, he scored two famous goals against England. One was where he, he went up to head the ball, but he realized he couldn't get up high enough to head it. And so he punched it with his hand, but the referee missed it and he scored, they called it the hand of God. And so it's just like an iconic moment, even though he cheated. And then he, and then same game against England, it was just in the quarterfinals, but he dribbled through the whole English team and scored a goal to like win, the, you know, kind of win the game or whatever, uh, or it was the game winning goal. And, um, and so th- those moments were just iconic for infamy and for just his like skill. But, um, and he also had a really good 1990 world cup, but they lost in the finals, but, um, but he was kind of an iconic player, his career, you know, life got derailed by like cocaine use and things like that. But uh, he was kind of very, uh, polarizing character or in that regards but um but anyway and i'll get into one of his other things later which kind of gets into kind of this this like you know interesting world of soccer but so fast forward to like the 90s so like these are uh zinedine zidane like really famous french soccer player who uh you know was like the their most probably their most important player in the 1998 world cup where they won um and he was just legendary went on to play for uh, he, he was a good player for Juventus, which is one of the best Italian clubs. And then also for uh, Real Madrid during their Galacticos era, where they like just signed all like as many of the best players as they could. But, um, but this is his, this is his rookie card. This is his one and only rookie card. This is like having a tops rookie card, um, you know, and, and, you know, there's only a couple hundred of these, I think even out there. So even though it was made in 91, it's like pretty rare, um, especially to find it unstuck. Um, and that's this kind of shows you, like, you know, this is a PSA three. If you look at it, you're like, I th- a lot of these stickers look pristine, but they have slight indentions because they're they're kind of thin paper, so they're very it can be very condition sensitive. So, um, I mean, like when I look through it, I'm like, ah, this looks perfect, and like, ah, it's like maybe there's just like a tiny crease, and so like you know, even though the it looks really nice, you know, same thing with this uh, the '94 like you know this Panini one. It's like it looked it looked perfect to me. I was like, oh, maybe I'll get like seven or eight. It's like want want four, so I was like, I was like, I don't know what I missed, but, um, but yeah, anyway, like I appeal must be big on these. Then I would imagine similar. It's almost like this to me is like a similar to a vintage baseball in terms of like grade does obviously clearly matter, but like between grades, I'm sure there's very large variation of what desirability would be for a typical three versus you know another three. It's probably yeah. very different. I mean, not being stuck is is probably one of the biggest delineators. Um, getting a well centered copy is obviously I that's important to me. Um, a lot of the collect younger collectors now are kind of grade snobs. And so you kind of get steals at these low grades, even if they're great visual appeal. So, uh, it kind of just depends on which route, which route you want to go about it. Cause you can get amazing looking cards for relatively cheap. And, um, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of gone that route in a lot of cases. Cause I'm like, you know, these look great, you know, I'm getting it at a huge like kind of discount and they make me just as happy. So I, I kind of go down that route. Um, because if you go if you go for an eight for Zidane, it's like there's maybe ten copies of eight or above, and it's like those go for like you know like ten thousand, and like you know this three that looks amazing goes for you know maybe a thousand or something like that. So it's like it's uh, 
it's it's just interesting you know they the, the huge escalators once you get into that eight range of these stickers um uh and then you know again like a lot of these are the same thing like uh ronaldo the original ronaldo uh for the brazilian ronaldo he uh you know he won the 2002 world cup and it's just was an absolutely legendary player for anybody who followed soccer during that era. Um, R9, they call them, right? R9, R9 is kind of how they... Yeah, versus CR7. You know, I, anyone who grew up in this era, when they when people call Cristiano Ronaldo Ronaldo, they kind of wince. And they're like, no, there's the, Ronaldo is the, is the Ronaldo from that era. Um, not to be confused with Ronaldinho, who is another player, just, just maybe a slight, you know, slightly younger um, who was also a big part of their 2002 World Cup winning team. He was just like the kind of flamboyant uh, <clears throat> kind of stylistic player. And and this one's cool because this is um, this is actually a Brazilian issue Panini sticker. So this is his rookie. And so, you know, that's the other cool thing about these stickers. These are like, these are scattered throughout the world. This was a sticky, sticker issued in Brazil. And so this had to have made it out of Brazil. It wasn't released anywhere else. And so... Um, just track like the fact that these are tracked down like in all these different countries is just so interesting to me and most of these were released just in those countries so um that's like a cool aspect of like the chase of soccer it's just like the global search for these stickers um and so and and again like this one you know even though this is from like the late 90s i mean i think there's only a couple hundred of these that are um you know even out there and even fewer that are were never stuck in an album so um and so, yeah. So, and if you and see, if you see a grade three or higher, it it shouldn't have been stuck in an album. Occasionally, Panini messes up, or not Panini, uh, PSA messes up, and they like fail to recognize it was in an album. So you have to be a little careful about that. Uh, I've seen there's been a couple that have shown up on uh, Instagram where people are like, "What are you doing? Like, this was clearly stuck to an album, and it's graded a five or whatever." But uh, but anyway, but that's kind of like I said that if you find it unstuck, a lot of these rare stickers, that's like a really cool find. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to kind of transition to the modern era, I, um, I don't actually have the 2004 uh, any, uh, Mega Cracks uh, 71 Bis, which is kind of the one that everyone associates with um, Messi's rookie card, like, you know, best rookie card, um, or most desirable at least. And, uh, but this is, his, uh, this is his rookie Panini sticker. So this is more along the lineage of all these other things. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, for in terms of his rookie cards. Um, I think it's a cool action shot, little portrait. Um, some people don't really like the double picture, but I thought it was fine. Um, and then like, transitioning to kind of the modern era, Kylian Mbappe, a lot of his 2017, or people call his 2017 cards as rookie cards, but technically his rookie is his 2016 sticker. And and it was, it was like a dual sticker with some kind of you know obscure player, but... Um, but I just, because I got into this whole, I, I targeted this first because I was like, got into this whole stick, you know, I was like, I want like Panini rookie stickers. Like, that's like the coolest thing for me, it, like early in my collecting of soccer. And so I, you know, made this, you know, this kind of run of like all the players that I just was like, oh, these are just such iconic players of the Panini sticker era, like of their rookies or whatnot. Um, the only one that I'm kind of, look, the two that I'm looking for that I probably will add eventually are the uh, Thierry Henry, his Panini foot sticker, and then the... Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, his Panini rookie sticker, but um, but yeah, this so this is this was like my earliest uh, chase was like these rookie stickers of all these iconic players. So um, yeah, awesome. kind of tells the history of the Panini 
uh, stickers. And so it's, I thought it was really cool. But and, and now I think we transition to a very important set, seemingly, that I've <laughs> learned. And, you know, if you follow your page, if anyone does, it seems like a very important set to you. Um, could you tell me about this 2017 Topps Chrome set? Maybe what yeah. it is, why it's important, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so when I got to the end of that, the, the Panini run, I was like, I was like, you know, it's like, I, I kind of want to collect more players that like I have personal fandom interest in. And I, and the thing was, is like, everyone talks about player collecting and I was just like, ah, you know, it's hard, you know, Messi, obviously I, I love Messi since the, I remember his debut for Barcelona. I've loved him since like the first moment of his career, but like, it was just kind of like Jordan. It was kind of just, everyone was like fleshing out collecting him and I was just like you know that's not as interesting to me as like finding some other chase and I just I there wasn't really one player um that I found whose cards I liked who I wanted to just go down the rabbit hole of that singular player so I was like what can I collect in terms of sets and I was like um you know what you know what what pops for me and and um and, you know people ever since I started collecting people talked about this set but this is the 2018, 2017, 2018, uh, Topps Chrome UEFA Champions League um, set. And it's the first year that they made this set. And to give you a kind of like a brief history of like modern soccer cards, um, starting in the 90s, they started making cards, but it was kind of like the junk wax era. They were all base cards. The number of numbered cards were few and far between. The number of autograph cards were even fewer, you know, even scarcer. And like, if you can find those cards, those are amazing collectible cards, but they're, they're really hard to come by and they're just really unusual. Uh, but in 2014, Panini decided to bring the Prism brand to the World Cup. And so that's, people think of that as like the start of the modern era of soccer card collecting. They released, and so that, that was another set that I thought about collecting. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty big set. I, I can't remember exactly how many are in the set, whether it's like 150 or 200. And a lot of players in the set are, there are a lot of really iconic players, but there's a lot of players. I'm just like, I don't even know. I haven't even heard of this guy. Like, and so I, and so I was like, it's like, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be kind of tough to like, and, and the way they did the parallels in that set was just weird. Cause it was like, they had, I can't, I think they had black in that set. Maybe they don't even, maybe they didn't even have black, but they had like the gold vinyl, they had gold um, like five and 10. And then they had, out of 25 was like green crystals and then it went all the way up to 99 purple and so i was like 10 like gold 10 out of like was is really hard to find so there's no way you could collect that set i uh and then 99 purple was like i don't want a purple set like and, and then you go up to 149 for red and blue for 200 so anyway so i guess you could i, I thought about collecting the you know the red or the blue but i was like i don't know the scarcity of 150 and 200 was what i was looking for so that was like that was the other one I really thought about going uh, for, but and then there was a few sets. I mean, there's a, quite a few nice sets between 2014 and 2018, where things weren't really printed to the moon, or, or and so they're you know select. I think they had Donruss had sets, um, and then they had amazing autograph sets like uh, Flawless uh, 2015-16 Flawless is like one of the amazing sets from that era that people love collecting. Um, uh, you know, th then there were like one-off sets like. You know, they did noir for one year um, and uh, things like that. But anyway, fast forward, like I, I looked at all these things. I was like, I don't really see a good set collection in any of those. And then I got to 2017, uh, 18 Chrome and it's a 99 card base set. And I was like, what can I, you know, it's like, 
and looking at these cards, I just, after just like, I, they just, they just looked amazing. They had the border to border color. Um, I hate invoking the name of like PMG, but like just that flood of color was kind of like, oh, wow. I was like, you know, like it has that, has that same aura. I, I just, I just love the, the color flood in these things and just really vibrant colors they chose for the set. Um, you know, they, and the super factor and these six colors were the only parallels in the set. And I was like, oh, that's, that's like a really cool, just, you know, so I was like, I was like, oh, I could do purple. I was like, I did 250. I was like, oh, that's kind of too easy. And I don't really like purple. Blue was intriguing to me. I really love blue and there's a lot of good, cool color matches in blue. But I was like, again, I was like 150. I was like, you know, I, I could probably find all these in like a few months. So it probably wouldn't be that fun. Green uh, is kind of the same thing at a 99. Um, and I was like, ah, you know, I probably find these green, you know, some people have actually, I mean, I, I definitely know people are collecting the blue and are collecting the green. And some people saw the green and were like, oh my God, this is just like green PMG. It elicited that same kind of like neuron in their brain that, uh, and so they, they collected that set. But I was like, you know, I've been listening to, you know, you know, a lot of collectors and gold. And I know, I know you're partial to gold. I saw gold runs, you know, or Josh, like for the crossover, always talked about gold to gold runs, and uh, and you know the and the out of fifty was kind of a, a cool sweet spot. It's rare, and you don't see them that often, you know, necessarily. But it's doable mm -hmm. because once you get down to ten, as I think you're finding a little bit with your select gold chase, once you get down to ten, the first fifty, maybe the first half. You probably get there pretty quick, but then it's just like, you know, so I wanted something that I could actually finish. So I, I you know, and gold looks amazing. And, uh, and so I kind of, I kind of decided, I was like, you know, I'm going to complete this 99 gold set. You know, it'll take me a while. And, um, you know, the gold, you know, so like, you know, this, so here is like, you know, the Cristiano Ronaldo gold. So, you know, I, at one point in time, maybe it would have been on my Mount Rushmore, but I kind of got, you know, I soured on him a little bit when he left Manchester United for Real Madrid, but, uh, but, you know, you can't deny that his, like his goal scoring record and like his feet. So he's obviously uh, top, top shelf uh, in terms of a player. So, um, and this, so this is kind of like, I guess my honorable mention you could say, but, um, but yeah, the, the interesting thing, one of the interesting ones in the set is kind of in a no man's land is the orange. The orange was still, it looks nice. Um, but uh, it just didn't even, out of 25 that would have been a cool set collect but um but it's just i don't know it's it's it did, it's it's weird it's it's in like a weird spot so it's not quite as rare as the red which is out of 10 so tops fans know that usually reds in a lot of sets for tops are actually out of five like for baseball and stuff like that but for whatever reason in this set they chose it to be out of 10 so it's kind of like the in terms of like rarity and things like that it's like the gold for like you know the panini you know, Prism era stuff. Um, so, um, so the orders in a weird spot, but um, I still collect some of them, but, um, but it's interesting. There, there are some collectors who I've, <laughs> if, golds a lot of times go for more than the oranges, even though it's like, um, and I, I think it happens in other segments of the hobby too, but, um, but there are some people in the soccer collecting space who kind of like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is the gold going for more than the orange? And so I, it's, I think it's partially because of me because I'm just like a lunatic and I'm like, I just, I'm going to bid whatever I have to to win these golds. And, uh, 
And uh, I think it kind of breaks some people's brains, but I'm just like, I, I need the set. I, this, this is the first time I've seen this card come to auction in like two years. So I was like, I'm not losing this. <laughs> but So um, yeah, I've noticed that in other segments too. And I've, I've, I had to accept there's no logic or there's no logical way you could run it. It's just the fact that like, I just had to accept it as like a hobby general rule at this point. Like it's just consistent in every sport. Like you can find something where a gold's out of 50 and like something else is maybe, I'd say out of 10 is probably where you start to see the even of price or if not the 10 higher, but yeah. out of 25s, no matter what color it is, the gold out of 50 will always outsell. It just seems like football for sure. That's always been the case, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, yeah. So I remember for like for the Bowman prospecting, I, I, um, it's not that way. So I think for baseball, oh, I don't think it's quite as, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and the reason it's higher is just purely because people are chasing the set. I, I know of a couple, at least a couple other people, and I've, it took me a while to like find them on Instagram, but I think I found most of the gold set collectors. And so I, like, I, I remember I, I had a win recently where I, it was a card that had hadn't sold for a long time and it went for kind of a crazy price compared to what, like the caliber player compared to other stuff. And the guy who was the underbidder for me, like messaged me, he's like, I didn't think it would go this high. I was like, yeah, I wasn't going to lose it. And he, I think he'd had the same mentality. He's like, I'm not going to lose this. And so he'd put in a crazy bid. And so it was kind of, uh, it was one of those double mega bid situations, but, uh, but I, I was happy to get it at the price. It was still fine for me, but it was, I was like, it was probably at least double, probably what it should have gone for. So, uh, so how far are you? How much, how many do you have left? It seems like you're really far along. Three, from what left. I've seen. three left. Three, three left out of 99. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, that, yeah, actually very insane. So one thing I want to ask you about too, I, I know when we, again, I don't know if it's when I first found your page or what, but I was like really interested because number one, I don't collect soccer, but I follow it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's been really refreshing seeing your page and how cleanly it's laid out, how awesome the cards are you collect. And one of the things that you mentioned in a really early conversation, I went back and stole this quote, is you said, um, when you're collecting, you, this is the quote, yeah. I always try to be cognizant of how much hype and speculation is priced into the card versus long-term collector value. And I think the context was kind of like, you know, we were going back and forth a little bit how, like I've noticed that active players whose legacy is not even close to some of the retired guys will go yeah. way higher because currently there's a lot of interest in that person. Yeah. But I would just always think, well, two years from now, I can just go get this card. Right. So how is that kind of tied into this set? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think uh, my specific, I think the context, I, if I remember correctly, was it was it's kind of a discussion on Killian Mbappe. So he's one of the three cards um, I need for this set. Um, and so his is the most valuable card in the set, um, even more than Messi. Partially, I think it is due to the fact that people consider it a rookie for him. And so that gives it kind of that rookie mystique. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but another thing for, uh, another thing for me, it's like when I came into the modern collecting, it's like rookie, rookie was the biggest thing back in the day when I originally collected, but I realized that there was a little more freedom to say, if it's an amazing set, an amazing card it doesn't have to be a rookie and that was like that was a, that was the kind of thing that I was like kind of blew my mind that shifted me I was like you know I'd rather like you know so for me it's like I'd rather have a messy or something in this set that's like almost more valuable than like you know his rookie that was just kind of a regular card but um and so a lot of those guys Messi is kind of a weird spot because he still has hype that kind of waxes and wanes but his I mean he's gonna be an all-time all great if not the all-time great regardless of what he does in the future. So um, I feel like, you know, 
people are always going to collect him. So most of the value of his stuff, I feel like, after you know the, the boom has gone over, is is probably it's probably going to be relatively flat. And so the value you're paying for that at that point, if you're, so if you're paying a premium for it, like if you ever need to get out of it for whatever reason, you know, I, I you know, I'm I'm a purely collector mindset. I in the sense that like every dollar I spend here, I don't expect to ever get back necessarily. Um, and so I, I'm looking to just pay a price so that I can get more of what I like type of thing mindset. So um, for killing Mbappe, it's like his value is, is predicated on the fact that he will become Cristiano Ronaldo or he will become Messi. Um, and I, and there are lots of players that I think in a lot of these sets or other sets that like have at least his same kind of stature in terms of like actual player, but so much of what he has is just baked in, you know, I, I don't see people collecting him as like a fan, a collector of uh, him as the player that, you know, he'll be a guy who they love 20 years from now necessarily. Um, if he gets injured tomorrow, his prices are just, will just like precipitously like decline. And so that's, that's kind of one of the things like, if this guy gets injured tomorrow, like what's going to happen to his market. And then if, it, if, it, if it's going to go down a lot, then that, then, then that's hype. Like that's hype baked in. And so, and so I guess the way it's applicable to my set chase is like, I, I think there's been three or four auctions for his, his rookie card that I could have gotten into, but I was like, you know, like as kind of new people flux into the hobby and the hype kind of translates to other, I, I think I can get this for like substantially cheaper if I'm just like kind of waiter, you know, wait. And so that's kind of how I, you know, approach at least him specifically. Um, and, you know, like, you know, there's, there's a player now, Jude Bellingham, who's like just, he's kind of just on fire right now. And his hype is kind of going through the roof in terms of like, he's the heir to Messi, Ronaldo, and things like that in terms of kind of stuff, you know, along with, you know, Mbappe. But, and so I'm just kind of waiting for people to kind of get bored of Mbappe and kind of like transition, transition over. But uh, like I said, I'm a little crazy with my spending in some situations, but like, I was like, you know, when you start getting into the Mbappe realm of stuff, I was like, I, I don't want to spend like, you know, five or five thousand dollars more than I have to to like get this card. Like, you know, um, you know, when I when I just don't see people actually collecting this guy. And it's just like I watch Instagram, I pay attention to what collectors are collecting. You know, they're not I don't think there are that many fans of PSG. You know, if people are fans of his, they're more, you know, fans of his like perceived greatness. And um, you know, uh, he was an instrumental part of the 2018 World Cup, for instance. But there were several other players who were instrumental in that run and who don't get nearly as much love or hype. Um, like Antoine Griezmann is one, and uh, Paul Pogba. All right, so now, James, we'll jump over to your Mount Rushmore. Very excited to hear about these cards. I think some of them you've highlighted and mentioned they'll be coming up a little bit. Uh, so you can step us through uh, what we have shown here, what the, your Mount Rushmore of your collection is. Uh, so, yeah, so this kind of just – this kind of puts a bow on everything we kind of talked about in terms of like, you know, my early vintage collecting, you know, experience um, going to the modern. Um, the first one here is, is the rookie Maradona. So this is his first sticker. I mean, it's technically, I guess a pog, if you will. Um, and so, but it is his rookie. It's in his, um, the, like the uh, Argent, Argentina juniors, like, uh, you know, this jersey of his earliest club when he was like a teenager. So it's like a really just really early piece of kind of collecting history of his, which I find really interesting. I mean, obviously some people would turn off the fact that it's, you know, a pog, 
um, and not not like a traditional sticker, um, but it's just it's uh, and again, there's probably like I don't know less than a hundred of these that are have been graded, things like that, and most of them are really low grade. Um, this one, I just I remember when I found out about, it, I was like, oh, how how am I going to get this? Like, how, how do you find these? And some random guy in Argentina was like selling one raw and i was like ah you know he, he accepted returns and so i kind of as a leap of faith i was like i'm just gonna buy this raw like I, i'm because i'm because i i come to find out later people are faking these <laughs> and like counterfeiting these uh so it was probably kind of you know i i you know I, I won the auction for it um i was like you know it's like he accepts returns within a week so i'll just send this off to like psa same day and like have him send it back and i'll get it back in time to return it if it comes back fake or something um so i did it came back four four is a pretty decent grade for this um i don't understand how they grade these to be honest uh it's kind of like the you know the 79 gretzky opici where it's like the borders the way they're cut are not like so because so, i don't know if you can see it there's like little like imperfections to the border that actually makes you feel better that it's actually authentic if you've got these little kind of like things on the borders because the way they like die cut it that's how the borders should should work should look and so but i don't understand how like that you know one grader may understand that and they may be like oh that's part of the card give this because it because to be honest this this one looks as good as psa sevens and eights that i've seen so i was like i don't understand i don't i don't understand how they grade it but anyway i i you know i digress but but yeah it's just iconic like you know rook, you know this is his rookie everyone considers it's his rookie if you're a maradona collector this is like one you have to have type of thing so um, just amazing, you know, the fact that I got it from some random collector in Argentina made it makes it kind of cooler for me. So that is awesome. Um, and so, uh, and then, the, so, and I alluded to this, you know, this is a 1958 uh, Pele. Uh, this is a really cool set to me. It's a, um, it's called the Fockring uh, Cafe uh, set. Uh, it's pictures from the World Cup. So this was, what this set was, was a set uh, from a coffee company and so what you do is you collected points from the coffee from buying this coffee and you sent them off and they sent you cards and it's from the bremer region of uh of germany so it's like from this just from a like a a certain region of germany from 1958 these like uh you know images from the world cup and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of cards there's there's actually several different pele's from this series and um and this is a kind of fun collecting story the, the way the set came to my consciousness is there was actually a collector in uh middleton just like there's another suburb there's a suburb of madison uh who had been collecting pele for maybe 15 20 years who i found that like i was like buying a card on on ebay and i was like ships from middleton i was like, I was like from middleton i was like what is this vintage card shipping from middleton and i like did creepy stalker stuff and i found this random guy in Middleton who had all these vintage soccer cards. And I like bought as many of the vintage, a lot of my vintage collection comes from this guy who I just, who I bought in like cash deals, like across, like I'd meet him at like a coffee shop and just hand him a stack of cash and he'd hand me a bunch of vintage soccer cards. But he told me about the set. He's like, of all the sets I collected, this is like, I barely saw these ever. Um, but now they're valuable, like more, you're, you're seeing, you will see more of them. But, um, but of all those, he actually didn't sell me this one, but, uh, of all the ones from that set, this one is the one that the collectors kind of are drawn to. It's like an emotional picture of Pele kind of crying after they won the 58, 1958 World Cup. 
uh, he'd scored two goals in the finals and he'd scored three goals in the semifinals. So it was like, people were just like, this was just like the ultimate moment uh, for him. And it's just like, it, you know, captures this iconic moment. You know, for me, the reason I like this kind of better than the Alifa is just, it's a full size card. It's kind of almost like a, almost like a stadium club card in the sense that it's just an iconic, just like image um, that you catch like black and white kind of just looks really cool to me. So uh, I think I got this at like PWCC or somewhere, but it was, um, but yeah, this was like, in terms of like, because of that, having talked to that collector in, in Middleton who had been collecting, you know, these cards before they had any value at all. He's like, this was like the set that he found most special. And I was like, it's like, I was like, you know, this, this is awesome. Like, I agree. I was like, this looks like awesome. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this was one I like had kind of, I was, I look, I've been uh, I think before it came to auction, I'd been looking for a copy to come to auction for like a year. And, um, and so this was, uh, and this, and looked, this copy looked amazing. The corners look amazing. You know, it's pretty well centered. Uh, I, I think it, I think it got knocked down. Maybe there was, there's some very light, you know, light staining, almost like, you know, you know, an old paper becomes brown to it, but, uh, that may have been what brought it down. But, uh, but yeah, I just, it was just a beautiful iconic card that, you know, Pele collectors, really really love to collect so this is the amazing part about this you see cards you've i would never ever ever have seen these i wouldn't go you know you don't actively search for them so you wouldn't see them that's that so yeah cool. i was like oh it's like whoa i was like i haven't i've never seen anyone on instagram post this i was like i have to i have to have that type of thing so uh and then so so yeah it's just kind of the yeah uh, you know the, the rest of kind of you know the bow i guess like i said on my collecting uh these are kind of my two favorite cards from my um 2017-18 chase you know, Lionel Messi at this point probably, you know, doesn't really need ex much explanation. You know, his goal, this is just, you know, my, you know, what has become my favorite set, you know, you know, one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite players of all time, really amazing action shot, gold, you know, <laughs> I guess uh, not much else to say about it that I already said, but, um, and then uh, the other one's a little more, you know, I guess more of a deep cut for like, you know, soccer fans um of, of the last and so the other cool thing about this set and why i collected it is it kind of spanned a generation of players um messi and iniesta were iconic players more of like in the you know 2000 late 2000s and um you know early 2010s um but then there's also you capture a lot of the great players who are still playing now so it's like kind of get the best of both worlds it's like you collect players that i loved in like the 2000s and as well as like some of the players you can still kind of watch and are still kind of making their history. So it kind of marries those two kind of, you know, my fandom experience, but, um, but Iniesta, amazing Spanish player. He was on all the Barcelona teams with, you know, Messi. Um, you know, this was, I think his, I think this was his last year at Barcelona. You know, he, he with Spain. He won the European championships twice. He won the world cup. Um, I think he won four champions leagues, you know, with Messi, um he scored the game winning goal in the 2010 world cup so it's like you know he's he's as iconic as they come his his partner in the midfield at uh barcelona is xavi he doesn't have a card in the set but those two are kind of linked um and you know he didn't he didn't have the goal scoring records that messi has but like as a player it's like he was you know instrumental in like so many of the iconic moments in the sport over the last uh over that like 15 year stretch um this is the red out of 10 is pop one PSA 10. So it's like, it's, you know, when I saw this came up, I just like, I, I was like, I was, it came up, I think 
I think I got, it was a seller in Korea. So again, like you don't know where these cards are going to pop up. And I think I've talked, chatted with you about this in card hobby before it's just, or about card hobby, mm-hmm. like on our Instagram chat before, but it's just like, there are lots of collectors in Asia who just have these cards squirreled away. And like, you never know when you're going to see them. And I think that even he, he, when he was on with you talking about the PMG stuff, I think at least one of his cards he got from someone in like Shanghai or something. So um, it's the same thing with soccer. There's so many of these squirreled away in Asia um, and Europe as well. So it's just like, it's a crazy where you'll find these. And I think someone posted this like as a, you know, uh, Ben OBO on eBay. And I was like, ah, you know, I kind of thought about it for like a, a couple of weeks. And I was like, I'm, I think I know about what I should pay for this. And like the seller came down to almost like, essentially to my max, what I was willing to pay, which, which I was like, ah, it's like, you know, I I didn't want to pay this much, but I was willing to. So just hit, you know, accepted my offer and everything. So it was, uh, it was good. And so, yeah, I, you know, and it's kind of, as as my, as my gold is kind of, uh, kind of winding down, I've kind of tried to target some of these reds when they become available. Um, there's, there's at least, there's one other collector who's like a kind of a high end collector who's, who's trying to put the red set together. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get to the, I don't know if I'll ever get to the end of the red set, but I'll pick up new ones is whenever I find them probably from now and for the next 10, 15 years, probably. I was going to say decades to come, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it's, it's the, you know, it's, it's more of the long burn in terms of like a set chase, like the gold. I was like, I knew I could finish it. You know, it's been, I've been collecting it maybe a little over a year now. Um, and winding down toward the end. So I, who knows when I'll finish it. Maybe, you know, maybe a month from now, maybe a year from now. I don't it's So it will be interesting to see, but. I'm excited for you. That'll be awesome. Super exciting. You'll have a photo of all of them just laying there. Yeah. That, that, that's what I've been plotting. I'm like, how, how do I, how do I show these? Am I going to do like a reel where I just like go through them? Am I going to do like the big shot? Uh, I kind of like the real, I and mean, we like kind of like, you know, like I, kind of interacting with them and but we'll see i we'll see what i uh decide but that's uh you know that's that's the great thing about instagram you get a little creative with your photography and your kind of media kind of <laughs> portrayal of the cards yeah so so james maybe now if you're good with it we can wrap up with a, a fast five five quick questions one of them kind of ties to what you were just saying i was going to ask so i stole a picture from your instagram i love the way you've done it creatively you know, you have the cards and then actually everyone just go to his Instagram, go follow him if you don't already. Um, but he has the cards with the player iconic image in the background. I guess uh, the question here, the first one is um, what's your quick tip for somebody who maybe is new to Instagram or wants to revamp the way they're sharing their cards and kind of be creative about it. Any tips there for someone who's new to this whole thing? Uh, I, I mean, it's like a lot of things. Just go to pages watch how people like if there's something if there's a way that like you like how people portray their cards like yeah i mean for and for me it was you know i i'm not particularly like a graphic designer or anything i uh so but i, I was like oh, i was like i can like you know jerry rig this like kind of system where i you know frame the card i was like i just think it's really cool because like i said i'm a fan of the sport so i like putting the card in the context of of like my fandom and so like bruno fernandez top left he'd like around the time I got that card, he had been named the captain for Manchester United. So I was like, let me get a picture of him pulling on the captain's armband. Um, uh, Mario Götze, like he was an, he was, he was, uh, he's an amazing German player. He kind of, he struggled with injury, but he, in the early, when they won the world cup in 2014, this is an image of him scoring the winning goal. And so I was just like, I, I married the card with like iconic moments. Uh, you know, Leroy Sané holding up the, 
the English Premier League trophy. Same thing, Kevin De Bruyne doing the same thing. Luka Modric, he's an amazing player. Um, he's the, He was the only player between, I think, 2007 and 2021, other than Messi or Ronaldo, to win the Ballon d'Or, which is the, your, you know, the, the player of the year in all of soccer. He's the only player to win it except for those two, and there's, there he is holding up the trophy um, for that. And, um, and, yeah, for the Messi one, I just – an iconic moment where he, he scored a goal against uh, Real Madrid, which is their arch rival, and he just – he taunts like the fans by holding up his jersey and like so it was just like a cool moment so anyway that, that's that was the reason i did what i did but um aesthetically I, everyone kind of has a different you know some people like having it on the card stand um i like doing it this way because it kind of marries like my fandom of the sport with what i was doing and that's that's why i did what i did um so awesome uh, so number two if you had to collect another gold set and you mentioned a few different sets that are really neat. What would you go after? Like realistically, what would you probably pursue next if you had to? Oh, uh, does it have to be gold or? Just, uh, I, so this this is this has been it my can be like, anything fair anything. I was thinking. Oh no, no, yeah, so no, uh, yeah. Well, this is, has been my mission, like for the last like as my gold has gotten down, I'm just like, what what set could I collect? And I, you ask me a different week, it's a different week. Uh, as far as gold goes, the, the, the one gold set that I really like, there's a 2017-18 select mm-hmm. uh, gold field level. How many uh, are in that set? I, that's the one I was thinking of. I was hoping you'd say one of those select tiers. How many are in that set for a field level? Is like 100? I, I, I literally just looked at it the other day. I think it's only like maybe 30 or 40. I, something like, or maybe maybe even 20-something. I, I, I'm getting it like because I've been looking at a few sets with about that size, but it's but it's in that range. And, and, mm-hmm. and there's just really iconic – I mean – when they choose the field level cards, it those a lot of those parallels or whatever are curated for, to have the best players in it, and so there's amazing players. But uh, I, what the Mbappe gold from that set, which is out of ten, obviously went for like forty thousand dollars recently. I was like, oh, I, can I really collect this set if I like you know like I'm gonna have to pay like that much money for it? Uh, I mean, the Messi probably goes for a, a ton. I mean, Messi goes for a ton too. So that's kind of like what I have to think about when I think so I was like, ah, am I really going to put, you know, <laughs> a brand new card, mid, mid five figures, like, you know, for multiple of these cards type of thing. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so I've, I've, you know, I've looked at collecting, you know, a certain parallels of the uh, 2014, like world cup prism. But like I said, the parallels are just so weird there. I definitely ever could never finish that out of 10. There's the uh, Eric Whiteback is putting together the gold set of all the World Cup Panini stuff, and like he's only fifty, you know, fifty percent of the way through it. It's like he's been doing it for like a long time. So I'm like, I no way I could do that. But mm-hmm. I thought about doing one of the other ones, but I was like, I don't really want to collect the whole set out of one fifty type of thing. And like I said, a lot of the players I don't care about. Uh, and then the one that's kind of like I guess modern collectors that I've looking at recently is the um, uh, National Landmarks. Do they oh have yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like downtown essentially is what it is. Um, and that's 2018 World Cup, I think. Yeah, but it's 2018 World Cup. So the Mojo out of 25, I'm kind of, I've, that's the most recent one I've been circling. The out of, the thing is, they don't, there's no out of 10 for that one. There's only an out of five vinyl. And there's one guy who has the whole set, amazing collector out of, out of Peru. He's the whole set of the gold vinyl for that. And it's just like, uh, it blows my mind. That's probably one of the, coolest sets i've i've like uh, i've seen but um ruben card collector if anyone's interested uh so third third one here what's your favorite hobby besides cards um getting my kids into sports is probably my biggest hobby like um you know i 
tried to pick up cross country skiing. I go to like tiny ski hills around here, stuff like that. But um, uh, you know, staying fit, you know, like you know, uh, Andrew St. Croix cards, yeah, you know, like, all the running. I'd love to get back into that, like actually being able to run races and stuff like that. Once upon a time, I did like triathlons and stuff like that. So you know, golf and stuff like that, just the type of stuff that <laughs> if I have free time, that's what I do for myself. <laughs> Other than cards. Awesome. And fourth question here, if you could go to, if you're going to go, I, maybe you are going to go to a match, but if you could go to a match of any team in the 2026 World Cup, what team would you pick? Well, if I could go to a match? Yeah, of any of any country, who would you pick? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's hard not to say the USA, but I get really depressed watching them, to be honest, because I just like want them to be better so desperately, <laughs> and they disappoint me so frequently. Um, but to be more interesting, uh of all the teams, so 2026, I'm trying to think who's going to be good. Uh, to be honest, a little boring. I think England, I think, is probably the one I would do. I, I They're going to have amazing players at that time because, um, like I mentioned, Jude Bellingham is kind of ascending at this point. Um, uh, Bukayo Saka is another, for all the Arsenal fans, they love, love collecting him. He's an amazing young player. So, I think a lot of those guys are going to be ascending at that time. Declan Rice is another young midfielder who's going to be really solid. So, you know, I watch them so often playing in the Premier League. It's so it's kind of it'll be, it'll be kind of fun to watch them. I mean, I, I mean, I, there's there's so many teams to be cool. You know, obviously Brazil, Argentina. I don't know if Messi will play again, but if Messi played, that'd be a, that'd be like a obviously obvious one to pick too. But um, um, you know, France and Mbappe is obviously another really, but um, but yeah, England is probably the one I would choose just because they're kind of. I think Harry Kane may still, he, I think he'll still be probably playing by that time. Um, but uh, so lots of just like amazing players. I, they're going to have a really solid team. They always have a curse against them. So they'll probably screw it up, but uh, they're going to have a really good team. Awesome. And then a fifth and final question. What is the number one card someone listening can help you find? Oh, that I can find. Well, that you're, I should say that you're struggling finding that maybe someone listening has and can reach out. Yeah, no, I know. I, I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to figure out which one it would be. Well, uh, so this is a card that's actually been found, but like, I need to find out who the guy who has it is because I kind of want to negotiate. It's, it's the it's the the red Messi from the 2017-18. Um, I saw it. It was at the national. The asking price on it was too high. It, he wouldn't, the guy wouldn't give me his information to like contact him in the future. I was like, Oh, where can I, where can I like follow you? He's like, Oh, I don't have anything. I was like, I was like, uh, oh. <laughs> um, so that's one, uh, the one card I haven't seen from my like Pele search, there's a 1962 Mira Mondiale, which is a full size Pele card. That's one I've from his, my sixties that I've been looking for, for like two years now has, haven't seen one come up, but, uh, those are kind of the two I'm, I'm, you know, at some point I'm like, you know, the, the 1962 one is one I, I can't find, but the red one, I know it's out there. It's a PSA eight. The guy's taking it to shows everywhere. He's just got really high price tag on it. And it's funny. Cause I'll see people just like post a picture of it at a show. Like, Oh my God, look what we're finding at the show. And, but, uh, but the guy wouldn't give me his information. So that was like, um, that's one eventually I, I'm going to, that's my goal is to find that one and like make a deal on it at some point, but I'm trying to be patient. <laughs> Yeah, I got to make it make you work for it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much, James. That was super, super fun. Um, I, I just really appreciate you hopping on. Where can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out or have any questions or just want to say, you know, awesome episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah, at Mad City Collector on Instagram. That's the best place. I think that's my main uh, main hobby venue that I uh, that I that I follow and everything. So, if there any questions about it, and you know, as I've as I've shared more, and I was on yeah like a podcast recently. If you know people, you know it's great to like people you find these people who you have like common connections with. So maybe I'll find more common connections uh, after this goes into the world. So yeah, awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, James. 